Hey, Brenna. Hi, Maureen. Did I tell you about Amira's glucose curve? Her, her what? No. Oh. Tell us. Well, that's where we can start the episode. Yeah. <sighs> so, everybody knows Amira's got her diabetes. Mm-hmm. And she's doing great, but she did go in, um, she did go into the vet the other week for her glucose curve, which is where she's got to sit in the vet office all day, and they're going to test her throughout the day. It was not a great day for Amira. Um, no. Poor thing. Well, it started, it started where she's been, she's been coming for snuggles more, so she's feeling better. Right. And so she comes, and she wants to, like, go in between my girlfriend and I. The dog's like, hello, I'm here. And she's like, she's like ah! And so she comes on my other side, and she goes under the covers, and I'm like, oh, hello. And she's going to snuggle in, and then the dog jumps on her. And I'm like, No. So poor thing. And then we wake up and she's like, oh, is it time to feed me? And I'm like, oh, no, because they're going to do that at the vet because they want to, you know, monitor all of her levels. And she's like, what did you just say to me? So she's like, yeah. And so then, of course, I had to get her in the crate and she's very upset about that. And I had to like, yeah, I had to like pack her a little bag like, oh, here's all her food for the day. And um, here's her insulin. And she's like actively to trying go- to learn how to lock pick so she can break out. Right. And poor thing. So, you know, I drop her off. She's upset. I'm like, okay, bye. And I'm like, okay, bye. And then I had to go get a new tire on my car, which was also very expensive. Not as expensive as the vet. (laughs) But I had a day. But I go to pick her up in the evening and they're like, so she wouldn't eat. And I was like, oh, yeah, she's not a food motivated cat, you know, like, yeah. She likes food. She likes her treats, but it's not going to override her. Nope. Yeah. It in any situation. It doesn't make up for her just being so pissed. Yeah. Like, she's not, like, she doesn't like being picked up. And it's like, oh, could we, like, train her with treats to like that? No, she's not interested. She's not interested. So the poor thing, they had to, like, force feed her with the syringe. So it was a bad day, but her glucose levels were great. <laughs> She's doing great. She's probably like, I and absolutely hate you all. Um, yeah, she was not a happy camper, um, but her glucose levels are great. She can stay on one unit of insulin twice a day. So that's good. Um, but yeah, it was a it was a bad time. It was a bad time for Amira. So sorry, girl. But, I mean, she doesn't have to have more insulin, and she's doing great, and she's feeling great, so. Hey. I'll balance that one bad day for a many more good days. <laughs> Cheers to Amira. Yes, to Amira. I don't, have to, I don't have to measure her glucose yet. I have something that a friend gave me to measure it, because okay. she had a diabetic cat. Oh. But I don't think we're at the point where she has to be, like, that like, closely monitored mm-hmm. but doesn't by me. help to check what you need to yeah yeah i think i, I think um, we'll what see where she's suggest. at it yeah seems like from what they're will... saying she's pretty good like how we're doing is pretty yeah good. yeah and if that changes i have the tools to be monitoring her more closely well i didn't read anything since we last spoke no but i know you were prepared minutes. yeah yeah um so um 
this is going to be my sister's birthday present. Uh, like we mentioned last episode, her birthday is the day after Christmas. Um, but we always make sure to get her a birthday present versus a Christmas present. Um, oh. And I saw this the other day when I was uh, at Target. And I knew this was coming out. And I was like, ooh, Tara would love this. But I was like, I've been wanting to read this too. So I'm just going to give it a quick read before I give it to her. <laughs> um, <laughs> nice. I didn't buy it. So I mean, it's just she's like, oh, it's only fair. Um, but this yeah. is uh, Shuna's Journey by Hao Miyazaki. Um, it is actually a manga he created in the 1980s that um, oh. was printed then and wasn't adapted into a uh, feature film, even though he was like, kind of playing with the idea. Um, but it was never translated till just now. Oh. So very recently translated. Um, very, very interesting. Um, it, it was translated by Alex uh, Dudok DeWitt. Um, it's a, it's, it's an interesting tale. It, it really follows kind of, it, apparently it is based on a Tibetan, um, a Tibetan folktale that is called The Prince Who Turned Into a Dog. Um, no one turned into oh, a dog. Oh, that sounds like my ideal prince. Yeah, no one turned into a dog in this one, but oh. we d- it's like, I don't know, it's kind of hard to explain because the story, like the hero goes on this journey and gets what he wants, but the story doesn't really resolve um, in the Interesting. way. And at the start, like he's literally like he's a prince of this land that's starving and he's going to go out and find this... Um, this golden seed that keeps being like shelled and the gods you have to go to the land of the gods to get it the gods have been training it trading it to these humans after it's like shelled and been removed from like you know being it can be planted um for people so there's like all of this that like quickly goes from like a hero's journey into um commentary on slave trade um and oh yeah and at the uh, at the very start of the book the reason he finds out about this golden seed is he finds this old man straight up just dies as soon as he finds him. And this old man's like, I'm a prince of a land where um, we don't have any food. And Shuna's like, oh my god, me too. Same seas. I'm the prince of this land and no one has any food here. Like, we make enough to, like, live but it's, like, not great. Um, and the prince is like, yeah, so I've been trying to find this seed but I couldn't find it. <clears throat> dies. Um, and she was like, well, I'm going to go oh. do that. And I, like, I thought, oh, my God, that's going to be Shuna. Like, that's just Shuna. And he's old. And he's, like, some weird timey thingies happening. Some loop is happening. And there is some weird timey stuff. But I was wrong. And I was, like, not expecting that. <laughs> um, and it's just, like, no spoilers. It's, it's, it's very interesting. It's a good, it's a solid read. And it's a different sort of story than, like, uh, uh, a traditional sort of not traditional I should say but a, a European folktale um, yeah and it, it, something like the translator has these notes in the very end and they kind of point out they're like Shuna didn't have to do this like his people were kind of like man you don't have like we like we're not like we're not like thriving but we're not dying like we're good it's like fine and Shuna was like no I'm your king I'm gonna be your king one day I think I should make this place better and they're like, you know, I, I think that's a good move, though. Yeah, no, and I actually like that. He doesn't like have like this thing, and the he there's a princess that he finds who was enslaved, 
And he has the opportunity to purchase her and her little sister and save her from slavery. And she's like, mm-hmm. sure, like, don't do that. I will hate you if you buy me. Um, I'd prefer not to be bought. I'm like a person. So and he's like, mm, super solid. And he saves her without purchasing her. <laughs> so nice. and and she becomes almost like the main character near the end because uh stuff happens to Shuna where he basically um can't be a main character. Um, not going too much into story uh, the spoilers, but like it's it's a good it's an interesting story. And I was like, okay, I'm glad I read this before I before I got to this gave this to my sister. <laughs> um and because nice. like at least now I know. But it's a it's a solid um it's a solid read. It's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's watercolor. Um, the the part where he gets to the land of the gods is like, like insanely beautiful. Um, it's 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 crazy how he made to make he made this world that's like beautiful, but also very very creepy. Like I'm scared the entire time he's there, even though like I have no Love reason it. to be. I'm like, ah, this is actually really freaky. It's gorgeous, gorgeous here. Is that a giant flesh tower person? We should go. <laughs> like we should go, guys. <laughs> so it's it's pretty. Give it a read. Um, I highly recommend it. It's a if you've read uh, like any sort of manga and you want to like kind of see something that's you know by a you know very famous artist. Well, um, we just found out Cinderpelt's dead, so. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Brambleclaw. Because I'm Emberheart. And I'm Tangletug. And this is Warrior Cats. What is that? sign because i don't think we really follow birthdays um like no one seems to recognize birthdays like they you know acknowledge like i'm this many moons old but we're not like ooh, hey guys i'm 12 moons ah other when they become like a warrior yeah Um, yeah it's more just like six moons apprentice hooray yeah you didn't die you get to move up in life um (laughs) but (sighs) what what zodiac sign do you think brambleclaw is um, I'm not like huge into zodiac signs. Okay. Well, um, I'm as thinking a... King might be a Taurus, or maybe a yeah. Gemini. Which, I mean, I could find out what season he was born in. Do it right now. Okay. Um, if you can tell me what month specifically, that would really help. No, I can't because it, it's just oh, my okay. season. Because warrior well. cats don't have months. Um. Of course. But I have the events timeline from the Warriors Wiki. Perfect. Where's my what season? We um, let me see. Okay. So it was spring. He's a spring baby. Interesting. So, oh, I'm okay. Totally a Taurus then. I think because that's late spring. Yeah. Because I don't think. I mean, he's either an Aries. Or a Taurus, but I think he at least mm, I think he leads more towards a Taurus. Uh, if you want to hear, because I okay, okay, so here's here's those two signs, um, help you decide this. Um, and 
Yeah. Uh, Gemini is May to June. So, but I think he was maybe mid spring. Um, so, but Taurus is April 20th to May 20th. So Taurus, uh, Taurus, you're a wonderful combo of laid back and hardworking, honest, loyal, occasionally to a fault and determined and detention, attention to detail will take you far in life. Versus an Aries, um, independent, strong-willed, um, love new goals, uh, love to be alone, passionate, energetic. I just, like, think he's, like, maybe a little more chill than an Aries. No hate. I'm on an Aries Pisces cusp, so I'm just, like, I can't see him as an Aries. <laughs> Gemini, no. um, maybe Gemini, but, like, Geminis are a little bit more social butterflies than I think he's capable of being. And yeah. even though, like, Geminis have, like, ooh, they're two-faced, it's just, like, they're able to get along with a lot of people, um, which I don't think he is capable of getting along with a lot of people. He's able to get along with his evil brother and his evil dad, but I don't want to make him... But uh, maybe branch out? Yeah, I just... No, I don't think he is a Gemini, because I think the loyalty of the Taurus. Also, I think he... I think Taurus don't get... They're emotional emotional beings i think he is that <sighs> led by their heartstrings anyway well he just found out cinderpelt died yeah tell us how you feel boo so his blood feels cold as ice uh-oh that's not pleasant well now he knows why leafpool had asked brightheart for help <clears throat> he was like whoa character growth oh necessity <laughs> Mouseford lets out a shocked cry. She was only a young cat. She had her whole life ahead of her. Oh, Mouseford. I love her. Squirrelflight brushes her muzzle against her sister's shoulder. She promises that they won't forget Cinderpelt. Bramblecaw is just too shocked to speak. Straight up. Guys, uh, let's do a, a poll. Who should be Brenna's next favorite character? I'll turn on them. Maybe I'll turn on the responses for this episode. <laughs> be like, guys. Should... Like, but they have to be one. They have to be a character who's in the series right now. Um, I guess Mothwing, I guess, is my favorite character now, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Never okay, mind, guys. I think that's Polls a... closed. We've I remembered Mothwing exists. Okay, I think that's a that's a that's a safe bet for you right now at the moment. I hope so. If Mothwing dies in these next episodes, I will poop everywhere. I'll come to your house. I'll fly to your house Aww. just to poop on all your things. Be like, Vinny, watch out. This is how professional Aww. does it. Oh, yeah. So. What I'm saying is he better not be dead. She better not die. Leafpool bows her head for a heartbeat, then nudges Thornclaw to his paws. He needs to come to her den. There are be, more cobwebs there. He's so suspicious if after this after we finish this book, you just are like, hey, let's read a couple uh, let's read a couple standalones just to like put off her death. No, I mean we're gonna do that, but that's not why. Mm-hmm. Likely story. That's not what we've been doing for many. To be fair, we've only gone through one series so far. Yeah, and we did Blue Star's Prophecy and Fire Star's Crust in between them. Remember, I'm letting you pick one of the super editions that we do. You are? I didn't remember that. Yeah, you already picked. I did? 
Oh, Don't goose you want feather. yellow fang secret? What? What? I thought I picked goose feather. I thought you wanted yellow fang secret. Oh, yeah, just kidding. I want yellow fang. Um, we, I mean, we could do goose feather in there, too, because he just has a novella. So. I wouldn't mind. I love, I love. Okay. Just give me all my medicine cats I love so much. Okay, but we're also going to do Crooked Star. That's my, my, uh, that's my choice. Okay. <laughs> I think, and also people have been asking for that one. Yeah, I think it's um, important for. Well, uh, I think that's kind of what we choose. We choose like one I want to do, just because I, it, as long as it's like a character that exists so far, and I think also yeah. that you you often choose one that's good for like my background knowledge. Yeah, and I mean, because we we've got like the prequels. Like eventually, super editions are going to become much more um, entwined mm-hmm. into the main series, so right. we will actually read them like in that order. But for the for the prequels, we got a little wiggle room. Brambleclaw sees movement in the dark. Spiderlag and Whitepaw are heading swole. Uh, swole. Gosh, they're swole. They're swole as hell. Let me try that again. <laughs> Spiderlag and Whitepaw are heading slowly towards them. Spiderlag beckons with his tail and tells Brambleclaw to come and see. And he brings them to a bundle of gray fur. No. Oh, is that baby? It's Sootfur, Whitepaw whispers. She thinks he's dead. We knew this, didn't we? Yes, we we saw him die pretty horrifically. He like broke both his legs trying to escape. Um, and then a badger took him out. No, it was bad. Squirrel Flight had to witness that. And, oh, uh, you know who Sutfer's sister is? Sorrel Tail. She's not having a great day, is she? But, I mean, She's like, babies hi, are babies, healthy? welcome to the world. You don't get any aunts or uncles except for Thornclaw. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not true. We have Rainwhisker, Thornclaw, and Brightheart. Okay. Okay, they got some good ones. Rainwhisker, yeah. Rainwhisker, I think it is. <laughs> Rainwhisker and Thorkel were having a time during that whole battle. <laughs> like, I know I mentioned Thorkel last time, but Rainwhisker also, like, just kept popping in and out, like, just getting the crap. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but hey, 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 hey. You get. You. Oh. What? Like, I'm. I'm. Are we gonna find out what Sorotel names her kids this time? Yes, we are. We're going to find out pretty These soon. These are my kids. So we'll tragedy keep going. Paw, sad, I'm sorry, Tragedy Kit, Sad Kit, and uh, Hope Kit. There's one more. You're missing one. Oh, and uh, Baby this Kit. This one's Charlie. I'm, I'm worried <laughs> if this one isn't going to make it. <laughs> oh, no. Well, Brambleclaw knows his soot for his body, but he doesn't move, and his eyes are glazed. My Star Clan light his path, Brambleclaw murmured. Who was his um, huh? mentor? Sootfurs? Yeah. Uh, Thornclaw. <sighs> was. I mean, Sootfurs a, a warrior now, so no, it's been know. a while. He's been a warrior for a while, was, but yeah. was, like, um, it's, it's whenever we see, like, these full lifetimes... And the old heads yeah. are still around. <laughs> it's always interesting. Oh, and somebody po- uh, pointed this out on Twitter 
Um, and I don't have my phone on me right now to check. But uh, Sutfer's mom died saving him from a badger in Firestar's quest. When he was an apprentice. And... He gets to, and then a, ba- he gets a badger to, he still to, killed him. Um, he, he gets to Starkland. He's like, hey, mom. She's like, listen, I got you one. I got you one free one. To be fair. <laughs> I got you one free badger. And she's like, so she's like, to be fair, that was like 15 badgers. The fact that you made it that far, kid, I'm pretty proud of you. Let's, I think we can, yeah. we can turn this very sad thing into a positive thing where she's like, listen, kid. Yeah. I took out one badger. You, you got so far. Yeah. I think... No, I think Willow Pelt would be very proud of him. I can't imagine her being anything less. Yeah. She was a good gal. And she's, she, yeah, she's like, she's like come, on, come on, we get to see her name the kids. He's like, oh, okay, we're just, we just move on like this? She's like, well, you're, you're alive in here now. Listen, there's a much worse place you could be. It's called the Fungi Forest, and that's where we put all the fun guys. <laughs> what? The guys that go to hell. <laughs> oh, that's good. The Fungi Forest or the Daddy Dark Place. I don't know. <laughs> I know I'm saying fun guy right. Uh, but the, fu- the point is they're not fun guys. That's why we send them there. <laughs> I love it. Um. All right. Well, Brambleclaw thinks of Stor- Sorreltail, who had just given birth. How would she cope with the loss of her brother? It's like... Um, Spider... Birth is already, like, not... It can be a lot. A fun time. Yeah. yeah, birth can be very traumatic. I don't know if you guys knew this, but giving birth can, like, really suck. Um, it's, it's a miracle. And she had to do it four times while her dead sister-in-law laid very dead. And people were dying all around her. Like, she was actively uh, yeah, listening were dying to people everywhere. battling. Um, yeah. Yeah, so. As births go, it's probably one of the worst. I don't know if we get much of a... Mm, maybe there's one worse. Um, <laughs> okay, cool. Spiderleg and Whitepaw are staring at Brambleclaw expectantly, as if waiting for orders. Oh. Oh, jeez. Oh, Responsibility. Brambleclaw tells them to carry Sootfer to the center of camp for vigil. He'll go find Rainwhisker. And Brambleclaw can't remember seeing Rainwhisker since the end of the battle. Surely he couldn't also be dead, right? He spots Rainwhisker half buried under what used to be the warrior's den. Oh, crap. He's not moving. Oh, crap. Brambleclaw dragged a branch from him, and Rainwhisker lifted his head. <laughs> I was just taking a nap. He asked hoarsely if the badgers were gone. I was just. I broke a couple ribs, and I kind of was like, ah, I'm dead now. <laughs> Brambleclaw confirms that the battle's over, but he has bad news. Rainwhisker is able to struggle to his paws, but one of his legs look like, looks like it could be broken. Brambleclaw supports Rainwhisker with his shoulder and guides him to the center of camp. Cats were standing around Sutfer's body, their heads bowed. Rainwhisker yowls in dismay and limps to thrust his nose into his brother's fur. He looks up. I should tell Sorreltail, he says. Firestar says his leg needs to be seen to first. It's up. There's another body in there. Can we get, um, hey, uh, visitors. Thanks again so much for coming. Um, could you guys get the dead body out of the nursery? (laughs) 
Hey, yeah, guys, since you're a since you're pretty here, strong, we have a bit of a corpse. But Rain Whisker stubbornly refuses. Sutfer was their brother. She'll want to hear this from him. Firestar hesitates but nods. And you don't even want to know what happens to your sister. To s- oh God! He tells Rain Whisker to see Cinderpelt as soon as he can. Firestar, you mean Leafpool? Sandstorm gently corrects him. And Firestar blinks, stupefied by shock and exhaustion. Sorry, he. He still can't believe Cinderpelt's dead. Baby! <laughs> he and Cinderpelt had been very close, and Brambleclaw realized that Firestar is going to need his help. Oh. Drink. Okay, the crumbs? It was crumbs. It was crumbs. But I got it. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I couldn't have expected us to get, like, a full vignette because we aren't in his point of view. But, um... Yeah. I'm sure there are some beautiful fics out there. Um... Because I know... I know you guys love them as much as I do. Brambleclaw touches Squirrelflight on her shoulder. They should bring Cinderpelt's body into the clearing. Okay, thank you, guys. Squirrelflight agrees. Thank you. Yeah, (laughs) so... They're on it. Yeah, we can like we can like let this stop being like a terrifying shock to people. I think that would probably be best. Yeah, and um, and they can bring Rain Whisker to the nursery because that's where he's got to go. And yeah, he's, uh, it'd be very gotta, nice. I know it's like like a horrific time for him, but I think as hard as it is being around babies does help. Yeah. Well, Daisy and her kits are with Cloudtail and Ferncloud outside the nursery. Birchpaw is splayed on the ground by his mother, and for a terrifying moment, Brambleclaw thought he died from his injuries. But his breathing is fast, and Ferncloud is gently licking his shoulder. He's just... He just became an apprentice, and... It's been rough. It's been a bit... Leafpool and Brightheart approach at the same time. Leafpool thanks Starclan that Cinderpelt's den was too small for badgers to get in. All the herbs and berries are intact. Oh, hey! So that's small at least blessings. good. Our medicine. Small blessings. Yeah. Also, it would, have been, it would have been very funny if they had gone in there and started eating just like a million poison berries. <laughs> and that would have been great, but we don't keep death berries in camp. I know, but I think like if we ate enough medicine... Well, Leafpool's voice shakes when she asks if they could please move her body so the clan can sit vigil for her. And Brambleclaw says that they've come to do just that. So, and she's like, can I not work with, like, <laughs> the person I'm, like, been closest to? Like, the most influential adult in my life is dead next to me. <laughs> Leafpool asks Brightheart to get Marigold for Birchpaw, and then to get all the injured cats to go to her den. It'll be easier to treat everyone there. And if anyone can't make it there, tell her, because she'll need to treat them first. Brightheart leaves to do that. Leafpool leads the way into the nursery. Cinderpelt is laying on her side in a soft nest of moss. Brambleclaw goes up to her. Cinderpelt? And he almost expects her to raise her head. But he touches his nose to her fur, and her it feels deathly cold. Ugh. 
Sorrel Tail is on the other side of Cinderpelt, in the far corner of the nursery. She's curled around her kits, and Brackenfur is next to her, fur bristling. When the other cats enter, he bares his teeth in a snarl. But Brambleclaw assures him that it's all right. It's just them. It's been a hard day. There's nothing to be afraid of. He's a wee bit traumatized. Uh, just, yeah, his sister, his dead sister's right there. Brackenfur relaxes, but moves closer to Sorreltail, and Leafpool goes to nose carefully over her. Sorreltail stares at Leafpool, eyes blank with shock. This is like a little too real. Aaron's, this is like a little too real. <laughs> can we like maybe... Can we just be the what funny fictional cat book again? Never. What can I say to her? Rainwhisker whispered to Brambleclaw. She suffered enough. Knowing about Sutfer could kill her. Brambleclaw tells him it won't. Not with Brackenfur and Leafpool to look after her. And it'll be better to hear it from him than any other cat. Rainwhisker nods. He goes up to his sister and nuzzles her shoulder gently. Rainwhisker, is that you? Sorreltail asks if he's hurt. He says he'll be okay, but he has bad news. It's Sutfer. He's he's dead. Sorreltail stares at him as if she couldn't understand. Then the then she throws back her head and lets out a high pitched wail. No, oh no. Her body twists in a spasm of grief, and the kits at her belly mew in protest as they're dislodged. Brackenfur presses himself to her side, covering her face and ears with licks. He's murmuring that he's here. Think of the kits. She has to care for them. Sorreltail buries her head in her mate's shoulder, and she readjusts herself to settle her kits back into the curve of her belly. How did he die? she asks. And Rainwhiskers said, Badgers killed him. Like, obviously. Um, you don't want to hear the details, girl? Yeah, bravely, bravely. He died bravely. Well, yes. Brambleclaw says Sutfer was a brave warrior. And he's safe with StarClan now. Sorreltail nods. She gives Rainwhisker a comforting lick and thanks him for telling her. Where's my comforting lick? <laughs> I'll be right over. Thanks. Leafpool gives Sorreltail herbs to help with her milk supply and tells Sutfer to stay and she'll take a look at his leg. She asks Brackenfur to find Sorreltail some fresh kill, and he promises he'll be right back and slips out. Sorreltail's gaze follows him. It's my fault Cinderpelt died, she rasped. She could have escaped, but she stayed to help her. Girly, no. It's not. It is not your fault, said Leafpool, unusually fierce. She says Cinderpelt was doing her duty as a medicine cat. That was the choice she made. Okay, Squirrelflight says the badger would have killed. <laughs> Squirrelflight says that the badger could have killed her in her kits, and Cinderpelt would never have wanted that. Brambleclaw comes in with distraction, and says Hi. her kits are beautiful. Do they have names yet? <gasps> Can I? Na- okay, I already named the kits. Can I give them real names though? I mean, if you'd like. Brush kit. Okay. Salmon kit. Interesting. Green kit. 
Oh, okay. You don't have enough color names. Um, Last but not least. You didn't really describe them at all to me. Well, we're going to find out right now. Grain kit. Beautiful. I think I gave them good names. Thank you. It's a beautiful, beautiful names. Sorrel Tail did better. Um, <laughs> Valid. Sorrel Tail nods. This is Mole Kit. He's the only Tom. Mole! Mole Kit. Then there's Honey Kit, who had a golden tabby pattern like her father. <laughs> Poppy Kit, who looked like a tiny version of her mother. So a, little, a little tortoise shell. And then the last kit. Cinder Kit. Squirrel-like gasps. The kit looks hauntingly familiar. And Brambleclaw couldn't help casting a quick glance at Cinderpelt's body. Leafpool froze for a heartbeat. I think Cinderpelt would have liked that, she said softly, then returned to Sutfer's leg. Brambleclaw tells Sorreltail that they all look strong and healthy, and he tells Squirrelflight that they have a job to do for Cinderpelt now. Squirrelflight takes a moment to tell her sister to rest soon. She looks awful. Thanks. Leafpool says she doesn't have time. Squirrelflight says she's worried about her. She can feel how tough this is for her. Leafpool doesn't reply, and Brambleclaw can see that she wants to be left alone to take care of Rainwhisker. He nudges Squirrelflight and tells her that Leafpool needs some space. She can cope. She just needs time. I think we all need some space. They carry Cinderpelt's body out of the nursery. Daisy and the kits are still there with Ferncloud and Cloudtail. And Cloudtail is telling Daisy that she can't leave. Her and the kits belong here. Daisy shakes her head, her eyes falling on the dead medicine cat. She says her kits could have been killed. Or she could have died, and then what would they do? They'll be safer back at Horse Place. All three kits protest. Cloudtail asks about the two legs, why she came here in the first place. Brightheart says they may be safe from the two legs by now. They're old enough to be useful catching mice in the barn. Barry Kit wails that they don't want to go back. They want to stay here. Daisy says he doesn't know what he's talking about. Does he want a badger to come get them? Squirrelflight points out that the clan made sure they were safe. None of them were hurt. Daisy asks if they can promise her the badgers won't come back. But no cat can promise them that. Cloudtail says he's sure they won't see them again for a long time. They're going to be back tomorrow. Daisy shakes her head. Her kits need to rest. She herds them into the nursery and Ferncloud follows to get her settled. Brightheart says Daisy could be right. She doesn't look at Cloudtail. Maybe they would all feel safer back at the horse place. But Brightheart, obviously not wanting to talk about this anymore, tells Cloudtail to go to Leafpool's den to have his paw looked at. He needs more cobweb. 
Cloudtail glances at the nursery entrance before leaving. Would you like to hit me with cat fact before we uh, continue? This has been a very traumatizing episode. I know I've been saying a lot, but there hasn't been a lot of like jokey jokes for me to make. Nah. And I truly can't like hate on Daisy for like being like, you know what? I tried it. I didn't like it. I'm not going to buy it. Like, yeah, she was like, I think a million. You successfully brainwashed my kids. But mom knows best. And, hey, maybe when they're older, those kids will be like, hey, we wanted to come back. So, you know. Yeah. Once they're older, there's really nothing stopping them from returning. And if Firestar's still there, he won't stop them either. So. Yeah. Um, and also, I don't think Firestar will keep them there. Like, he's that's not his style to be like, no, we of did course you not. a solid, you owe us child slaves. Like, that's not. Not no, not that. at all. Um, but, Maureen, would you yes, like to pull from the Cat Fact donation box? Let me get my hand in this box. Ooh. Ooh, I'm just shuffling around. Ooh, I got a, a good one, I think, here. And this one, it disappears in my hand. Oh. Because it was from an anonymous benefactor. Um... He asked to remain anonymous. So, and Ooh. he asked for us to look Could be anyone. into um, Mayor Stubbs from Alaska. Um, but here's the thing. We did do Mayor Stubbs. <laughs> um, we did. On episode 58. I was going to say. No offense. No worries. I'm actually currently working on a Google sheet with all of our cat facts listed. Um, Because I'm realizing it's more important, like, it's really important for me, but also for our beloved donators. Um, But, hey, I was like, this person donated a cat faction. I'm not going to let them down. I'm going to help. I'm going to find him something. So I was like, there can't just be one cat mayor. No. Boy, howdy. I found something good. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm like, just so charmed. By this, um, we're actually going to be going uh, to. I hope I'm saying this correctly. Omina, uh, Omina, Michigan. Um, All right. So this is a. It's not even a city. It's not even a town. It is a village, <laughs> and it is unincorporated. Um, if you're outside of the Ooh. U.S., you might not know what that means, but unincorporated basically means it is so small that legally it's not really recognized as a place that exists. Like, it does, but it, it, it like, you don't have a mayor. Yeah. Like, you don't have, you might have a post office, but you don't, like, you might have a city hall, but it's usually, like... Uh, because of, like, the frontier times, there was a lot of towns that were created and then kind of, like, eh. Bye. Um, yeah. So it's 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 recognized by like the census, but it's not. It's like I don't know. It doesn't really exist. It does exist. People live there. Um, but anyway, it's right by Lake Michigan. Like seriously, it's right there. Um, it's in oh. Lee Lanau County. Um, and something I thought was interesting is uh, the name Omina is derived from an Ojibwe 
expression, um, which uh, translates into, is it so? Which I thought was really cool. Um, A lot of uh, Midwest places, uh, Minnesota, the whole darn state, uh, are actually based off of a lot of Native American languages. If you didn't know, that's why a lot of folks have trouble like pronouncing, like Adina. Yeah, I mean, out here too, though, we just have different ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah. Well, a lot of time you find that. Um, But okay, so Amina's really small. Uh, They have like... uh, it doesn't have a centralized official government system, basically what it means. Like, there's people that live there. Um, yeah. But it's it's super, super small. Um, I believe from what I saw, there's, like, less than 300 people living there. Um, and it's only about, like, it's four and a half square miles. It's not a big place. Oh. Um, like. Okay. Uh, it's, it's tainty. Um. Uh, yes, in the 2020 census, they had like 295 people living there, so small. Nice. Um, Amina was like, we may not have a government here. Like, we might not have a mayor. But what if we did have a mayor? <laughs> and um, they were inspired by a, uh, I didn't know about this, but in Rabbit Hash, Kentucky, another small town, they would run a um a canine a dog mayor election and All right. so every three years so not every year every three years um the omina historical society runs a mayoral election to elect a mayor of omina for three years um the only rules are that it has to be an animal that lives in Omina. <laughs> oh, I love it. And uh, in... Um, oh, one second. So in 2018, the last election, uh, or there's been one election, uh, in 2018, Sweetheart was elected mayor. Um, Congratulations, Sweetheart. Yeah, and she, uh, she won against uh, some dogs, a couple birds, I think a chicken. She yeah, she against. Um, and she has this beautiful crown. She actually looks a bit of like Mira. Um, <gasps> oh, she has she's a long furred lady. Um, and she ruled for three oh. years. Um, they don't really they don't have to make any laws or do anything official. They just like you know uh, show up, and it's also it's a fundraising activity. Um, oh, so that's good. They, 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 all the money is given to the Amina Historical Society, which uh, they obviously will probably use for other local things as needed. Um, yeah. The current mayor um, from the 2021 election, uh, that is uh, Rosie, Rosie Dish. She is a golden, uh, golden mixed bread oh. dog. Um and she Ooh. helped raise $14,000. Um, wow. Previous so mayors. Um, we had Polly Loveless, who was a tripod. She was dog three legs. Um, she unfortunately passed um, after winning the 2015 election. But, you know, Aww. since it was a... They didn't run another election since she obviously yeah. gets to serve her full three years. <laughs> um, and uh, then... There was uh, Maya uh, Diebel. She won the 2012 election 
And then Tucker Joyce uh, Golden, who won the first election in 2009. So, uh, so they've been doing this for a while. And uh, Sweet Tart so was the only cat who has won so far. So, you go, sweetheart. Yeah. So it's it seems to be very popular, and it brings a lot of attention to this very small town, and it also uh, helps them raise money for the historical society. Um, so I, I love it. I love it so much as an idea of like if unincorporated towns help raise money, or, or just to like you know, um, you know, even if you technically don't need a mayor. You know, you might have yeah. some needs for your town. I'm sure they use that money. Um, it, it goes to the historical society, but I'm sure they use it for stuff around the town as amenities as needed. Yeah. Um, but I looked into that. So thank you so much to our anonymous donor. Um, don't worry about forgetting about Mayor Stubbs. I also forgot Mayor Stubbs. Um, oh. I started, but I started researching. I was like, I think I've covered this because i don't know if you guys remember mayor stubbs had like a career he like almost died multiple times i i think you guys might recall like a lot of chaotic things happened to mayor stubbs and yet he was um remained mayor for like 20 years in alaska of his town bless him yeah so uh i will i'll relink to mayor stubbs wiki page you guys can refresh your memory and even if you do donate a cat fact that has already been covered i will do my best to cover something uh related so don't um don't let this discourage you and thank you again so much to our anonymous de- donator. I very much appreciate it cuz if you hadn't donated no way I would have he- heard about Sweetheart. So um yeah, and that would have been a crime. It would have been a crime. She was mayor gosh, for 3 years. What a gal. <laughs> 3 years. Oh, she's like a little <sighs> princess hat. I'm ready to get back to sad times. <laughs> I just want to point out she had like a little tiara on in one of her photos. Oh, oh, that's so beautiful. I know. I'm obsessed with her. Well, Brambleclaw turns back to Cinderpelt's body. I- he sees a shiver pass through squirrel flight and presses himself to her side, hoping that she won't move away. And when she doesn't, he stands for a moment, breathing in her sweet, familiar scent. Such a weird, delicate thing they're trying right now. I I don't hate it, though. I am... I am actually so surprised. Um, I'm maybe impressed is a better word, that these errands managed to reel me back in. To not one, but both of these, like, two relationships for the past three books, I've just been like... (laughs) I hate this. I hate this. And then in the last book, I'm like, mm, mm, maybe I'm toxic. Like, maybe I should give love another <laughs> chance. Like, <laughs> like, it's just, like, amazing where I'm just like, Rebel Club, maybe you do, you do deserve rights. <laughs> like, that's... Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Let's maybe, see if maybe, he keeps maybe he's them. Take um, I think I'm only, like, I'm fully, like, I'm like, woo, Crowfeather Leafful, now that there's no chance of it ever happening. But also, um, I wouldn't, like, I don't want to test the Aaron's capabilities. Because, um, as we've proven, I don't have ESP, and they might just, like, no. destroy me. They pick up Cinderpelt's body and lay her beside Sutfer. It's also so morbid. Goodbye. 
They get into like so yeah. many details of how these cats give birth, but they never clarify how we pick up these dead cats. <laughs> I know that it's probably they they probably just grab them by the ruff, you know. I yeah. imagine here. This is my my how I imagine it. one of them grabs him by the scruff of the neck, and one of them grabs him by the scruff of the butt, because like there is a little bit of loose fur kind of by the tail. Yeah, I don't or think they, like someone like goes under to support the body. That would be less messed up. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, um, I had a Christmas party or a holiday party for um, my work the other day, and um, my co- I had some coworkers near the end asking me about this, and I did. I was like, you know, they go so in depth about bird, bird. They get really into that, but we're not going to talk about anything else in that process. I I talked <laughs> about this podcast during that baby shower I was at. Blast. Yeah. Well, I met a really there was a really cool person there who was um. The, the, the mom-to-be grew up in a military family, and both her oh. and this friend, they had both grown up in um, Japan, because their oh. parents were located there because of military background. And yeah. we were talking about podcasts, and talking about cats and pets, because they had they have a dog, and they have a cat, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh my god. And then we started talking about warrior cats! And they're like, I've never read it. I'm like, that's my whole thing. I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, no, one of my one of my my newest coworker was like, so what's like the worst like mistake they've made? And I was like, well, sit down and let me tell you. <laughs> I was like, you opened a can of worms here, my guy. Yeah, like worst mistake, like uh author decision. I have a many. Many. Oh my gosh. Anyways, bodies being laid on the floor. Goodbye, Brambleclaw murmurs, touching his nose to Cinderpelt's fur. Star Clan will honor you. We'll miss you, Squirrelflight adds, and we'll never forget you. I'm sad. <sighs> so is everybody else. I don't like this. Well, Brambleclaw wishes that he could crouch by Cinderpelt's side and keep proper vigil for her. But there's just too much to do. Firestar's in the clearing still with Stormfur, Brook, and Midnight, and Brambleclaw joins them. Midnight is saying that it's time for her to go. Night is the best time for her to travel. I'm gonna go back to Firestar's- my vacation home. Well, Firestar says she should stay and rest. Midnight says there's nothing more for her to do here. She'll go back to her sea cave. To hear the beating of the waves and the rustle of the wind in the grass. Yeah, she's going back to her vacay home. To be fair, I didn't really expect her to be like, Hey guys, I just hope a bunch of cats beat the crap out of you. Can I come home? Firestar says ThunderClan can't thank her enough for bringing WindClan to help. And Brooke still doesn't understand why they attacked in the first place. And Midnight answers, revenge. Yeah, Brooke, we can we can explain it. You you guys had, like, a wild animal that wanted you dead. Also, once again- Yeah, she does actually bring that up. She was like, was it, like, the Sharptooth situation? It's like, not really. But, like, comparable. Like, Sharptooth had, like, Yeah, issues, comparable. But these guys yeah. had issues that we moved in, and they weren't happy, and we did- Well, we let their kids live. Apparently we should have just killed them. Well, Firestar says he remembers Hawkfrost had driven one of them out of RiverClan, and Brambleclaw is ready to defend his half-brother, but Squirrelflight speaks up, 
She says they drove out a badger, too. One with her kits. And to think she felt sorry for her. Yeah, chill, dude. No one's coming for your brother, you freak. (laughs) Firestar wonders aloud they'll come back. Patrols will have to keep a lookout. Midnight says she will too, and she'll send word if she hears of anything. Also, no one was even slightly saying anything negative. Hmm? Nothing was. No one was even saying slightly anything negative about him. Like he's just like. Well, no, but they were. They're like hot. They're like oh, like hot frost. (gasps) Yeah. Oh, that's just a fact. (laughs) But for now, she must go. Farewell, cat friends. Stormfur says goodbye. It was, goodbye. it was nice to see her again. I love you. And Midnight... Midnight tells him that spirits watch over him. Star Clan and the tribe of Endless Hunting. Whoa. He walks a hard path, but it isn't finished yet. Okay. That's okay. Stormfur's like, thank like, you. drops that on him. Thank you. He's like, hey, it was so nice to see you again. Your future is not yet decided. Gods are watching you, child. Oh my god. <laughs> That'd be like And me. he just says, thank you. <laughs> what else can you say? He's Stormfur. Like, that's so Stormfur. Just be like, wow, thanks. What? <laughs> I missed well, him. Tells Cryptic me- stuff always happens to Stormfur. It <laughs> just, like, throws. He's just like, Poor oh, guy. okay. Yeah, that one time that he got kidnapped because they thought he was part of a, somebody <laughs> thought he was part of a prophecy. <laughs> like, <laughs> Stormfur can't have a normal day. He's not allowed. He can't visit. He can't uh, go on a road trip to save his clans without being kidnapped by the people he ends up living with. And he can't go back to visit a home without showing up at a massacre. Yeah, like, Stormfur's just trying to live a normal life, you know? He only went on that journey because it was with his sister, you know? Nobody called him. Like, he was not the cat in the prophecy, but poor, poor Stormfur's just getting, he's getting these curveballs. Brambleclaw tells Midnight that he wishes she didn't have to leave. Couldn't she make a set in the woods and stay with them? Please, Scrollflight adds. Like, live with us, wise badger. Grandma. Grandma badger. Midnight, sh- Midnight shakes her head. It's not my place. But StarClan may lead them to meet again. Brambleclaw hopes so. Although it, it hasn't been good news, so maybe not. Then it's goodbye, Firestar says, dipping his head to Midnight with the deepest respect. Squirrelflight and Stormfur are beside Brambleclaw as he watches Midnight leave the hollow. Brambleclaw is worried. It's the second time that they've needed her help to survive. How could they be safe when she was so far away? And Brambleclaw doesn't even know if he could find her cave again if he tried. We need to invent the Because Last time they didn't try. Last time they just fell into the ocean. Brambleclaw tells himself that he needs to go on. He'll give his last breath to help his clan. And they need him now more than ever before. Drink. Stormfur turns away from the entrance and asks what needs to be done next. Brambleclaw says everyone has been accounted for, which means only Sootfur and Cinderpelt died, which kind of a miracle. Yeah, we actually did pretty good. I mean, I think we lost yeah. too much for it to really yes. be a win. But you know, only two cats, only two cats, and we got beat up by how many? Yeah, a lot of badgers. Like I know some people are irrevocably emotionally and physically damaged now but yes which will happen with any death 
But the fact that it only happened with two deaths in this situation, I, I, I think, you know, we can, uh, pretty solid. We can take a soft win. Yeah. Brambleclaw says everyone's been accounted for. Okay, cool. Uh, Leafpool and Brightheart are taking care of injuries, and everyone really needs to rest and recover, which means they need places to sleep and something to eat. Stormfur promises that he and Brooke will hunt for the clan in the morning, but for now, he'll help fix the warrior's den. That's nice. Where is it? Which is a really good question, because everything's destroyed. <laughs> Um, so Bram- but Brambleclaw does point him in the right direction. Scrollfight asks Brooke if she'd check on the elders, and Brambleclaw is about to follow Stormfur when Ashfur comes up. Oh, okay. I don't know if I can handle this. Ashfur asks Squirrelflight if she's going to come sit vigil for Sootfur and Cinderpelt, and Squirrelflight tells him to go ahead. She's going to help rebuild the dens now. She'll try to sit with them later. Cinderpelt and Sootfur would understand. And Ashfur looks hurt, as if he took her refusal personally. And he says he'll see her later and takes eyes. his place next to the bodies. I just want to make that clear. I roll my <laughs> eyes. Squirrelflight flicks Brambleclaw's ears. Shouldn't he go have Leafpaw look at his scratches? Despite everything that had just happened, the expression in Squirrelflight's eyes made something in Brambleclaw's heart purr like a kit. What did I say? What did I say? It's, she is going to be the reason why your terrible no good plan isn't going to work, Tiger Star. Because you were thinking, you were focused so hard, once again, like kind of focused a creepy amount on Firestar, that you did not account for this beautiful boss babe. Yeah. He's going to be like, hey, that'll dad, be hey, your dad. ultimate downfall. Dad, dad, dad. I super want to take over the clan and whatever and stuff. But here's the thing. My ex, kind of my ex, but also kind of like maybe, I don't know, maybe there's potential for us to get back together. Like, Scrollfly would be super mad at me if I did that. So I'm going to say no. <laughs> Which is like not a good reason to like refuse murder, but also a better reason than doing murder. Yes, yes, that is very, that is, yes. But uh, Brambleclaw tells her not yet. Leafpool has enough to do, and he's going to go help Stormfur with the den. Squirrelflight says she's going to go see if she can scare up some food. The fresh kill pile must have been scattered, but she's going to see if she can find anything salvageable to get them through the night. Brambleclaw is so tired, but he needs to find the strength to help his clanmates drink. On close inspection of the den, the outer branches were trampled, but further towards the trunk of the thorn tree was actually less damaged. So, not as bad as it looks, maybe. Stormfur is hauling out branches. Shouldn't he be resting, Stormfur asks. He looks very battered. Brambleclaw says they're all battered. There's too much for him to do to rest. There certainly is, Stormfur agrees, looking around camp. Kiss me on the mouth. (laughs) Brambleclaw rests a tail on Stormfur's flank. He's glad to see him. StarClan couldn't have chosen a better time to bring him here. And everyone who's like, oh, you want them together, but what about their girlfriends? No, 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 no. They can stay. This is... They've got two hands. Yeah, they have four paws. Remember how Leafpool Leafpool had, like, so many girlfriends at one point? Yeah. Bring that era back. I miss that. I mean, she still can. 
Well, Stormfur says the tribe of endless hunting watches over him now. And Brambleclaw says he doesn't care whose ancestors sent Stormfur. He's just thankful. Squirrelflight comes up with a couple of mice and tells them both to eat. But Stormfur insists that he and Brooke ate on the way. So Squirrelflight is going to bring it to the elders. She says she's found plenty of prey. It's a bit trodden on, but it'll do. The so mouse is flattened so and covered in dirt. Just died because it got stepped on. <sighs> yeah, so this mouse is flat and covered in dirt, but Brambleclaw is far too hungry to care. I did it. Yum. As Brambleclaw is helping Stormfur, his shoulder wound opens and oozes blood. Ooh. And the thorns add fresh scratches to his pelt. Ew. He's. He's pulling at a stubborn branch when he smells squirrel flight. She's brought him some wet moss. She thought he'd need a drink. He thanks her and thinks that he's never had anything so delicious. Okay. Water so good. It gave him new energy. After he had drank, Squirrelflight used the moss to dab against his shoulder wound. Their eyes met. Squirrelflight, I'm sorry for everything. She sweeps her tail against his mouth before he can go on. I know, she murmurs. But, like, maybe you should let him apologize, girl. I'm just saying, like, he's got a lot yeah, of yeah, no, no, like, don't stop him. He could keep going. He should. Brambleclaw could have stood forever, drowning in the depths of her green gaze, but movement distracts him. It's Ashfur staring at him. <laughs> Don't let Ashfur interrupt your character development. He had been crossing the clearing, but turned away and went to the medicine den. Brambleclaw takes a step back from squirrel flight. What about Ashfur? he asks. Squirrelfly tells him not to worry about Ashfur. She'll take care of it. <laughs> There's regret. There's regret in her eyes, but no uncertainty. She has to fetch water for the elders now. She'll see him later. <laughs> Squirrelfly said, I, have, I might have regrets, but I am not regretting this. Oh my <laughs> god, I may have regrets, but I know what I want. Never get in between her and what she wants, because she knows. She knows. No. She's like, hey. Dazed, Brambleclaw watches her go. I'd be dazed, too. I'd he can be hardly- like, oh. Okay. Like, shaking, like, drinking my water. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> Alrighty. I can hardly believe how quickly things changed. How little they needed to say to each other. Yeah, but you should still apologize. Yeah. Their quarrels, the way they had deliberately tried to hurt each other. Which, mostly it was you trying to hurt her, you tool. All of that was gone after the attack. After they realized how much they cared for each other. They didn't even have to apologize. No, you should. They could just look forward to the moons ahead of them. Counterpoint, apologize, you tool. Yeah, like, you (laughs) do actually need to apologize. You need to apologize. Squirrelflight tried to be friends. You're gonna just keep doing it. I'll be very upset. Stormfur says that it's good to see him and Squirrelflight still getting along so well. Yeah, she's a terrific cat. 
Brambleclaw mumbles, and he's, like, too embarrassed to share that they hadn't been. <laughs> like, we actually haven't been yeah, cool you, up until, like, this bro, very you moment missed, like, for so a while. much. He's like, man, I know you're the better guy, so I don't want to say that. It will just embarrass me that I was so toxic. Instead, he suggests that they take the thorns to Sandstorm for the entrance barrier. And Storm first sees him trying to change the subject, and he's amused. He says, you know, he feels just the same about Brooke. <laughs> Which is like, oh, you think that I'm just, like, so in love with her that it's embarrassing? No, I was actually a really bad person I was for being very a toxic minute, and that's embarrassing. An, an embarrassingly long time. Like, this entire time when you were gone. Yeah. Well, Brooke reports that the elders will be fine, and she has a wad of moss. Brambleclaw thanks her for her help. She's like, he's like, wow, that's a lot of moss you got there. But Brooke explains that it's full of thorns, so, like, no one should sleep on this. Can you tell her the best place to find more moss? Brambleclaw asks if she's sure she's not too tired. They traveled far. Brooke says she's in better shape than he is. <laughs> yeah, we, like, took a long journey with a lot of breaks. Um, because there wasn't really a No, rush. yeah, that's ex- that's exactly what she said. They said they took it easy on the journey. It's been it's been over a moon since they left the tribe. So it's been a very long yeah. time, which they actually probably left not too long after the clans did. Um Stormfur adds that he thought they'd never find them. Brambleclaw asks how they did. Stormfur says they wandered around the hills until they ran into a rogue who knew some cats who lived with horses. And they told that rogue that a huge number of cats had moved in. They knew it had to be the clans. Brambleclaw asks if he's been to RiverClan yet. But before Stormfur can answer, Brooke prompts, Moss? His elders are waiting. <laughs> so they bring the thorns to the entrance and Brambleclaw points Brooke. I know you two are two bisexual <laughs> idiots. With two beautiful bisexual girlfriends. But, <laughs> get with it. If you don't, I'm gonna go find um, Tawny Pelt and kiss her. So, Brambleclaw points Brooke in the right direction. Stormfur joins her. Leafpool emerges from the medicine den and rests her nose in Cinderpelt's soft fur. Brambleclaw's close enough to hear her quiet words. Forgive me, Cinderpelt, she says. She wants to sit vigil. But there's still too much for her to do. And she knows that Cinderpelt would want her to care for their clan. <gasps> Leafpool lifts her head and seems to brace herself. She walks over to Brambleclaw. I want you in my den now. Old. His wounds need treating. Oh! But, but, but Leafpool cuts him off. Don't argue, Brambleclaw. Just do it. And for a moment, she sounds just like Squirrel Flight. I was going to say. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> He's like, you... I am incapable of saying no. Yeah, I also know what you. works on me. Well, and she says he won't be of any use if his shoulder gets infected. It won't. Get, the, get in there. All right, he's on his way. As Leafpool brushes past him, he thanks her. And he means thanks for coming back. ThunderClan needs her. Leafpool flashes a sad glance before heading towards her parents. She calls to Firestar. She hasn't seen his wounds yet. Leafpool is just going to everybody who's, like, avoiding her. She's, <laughs> she's like, like, listen, I know you want to work hard, but... I have decided what my life is. 
You will all honor that by letting me heal you. As Brambleclaw arrived at the medicine den, Ashfur exits. He had cobweb plastered all over his flank. I and thought ear. you were going to sit vigil. <laughs> well, Brambleclaw asks if he's okay. Fine, thanks, he says curtly without looking at him. And Brambleclaw watches him cross the clearing to join Spiderleg and Brackenfur clear the nursery. Okay, if we want to be salty. I mean, to be fair, I don't really hold it against Ashfur for being like, you should apologize to me. Yeah. I mean, I don't think Ashfur deserves it as much as Squirrel Flight does, obviously. Yeah. And I don't think Ashfur's like being a jerk because he's like, you didn't apologize. I know Ashford's not doing this for good reasons. But let's be real. Ashford doesn't have to be nice to him. <laughs> no. Because no, he has not been nice to Ashford, nor has he been nice to Squirrel Flight. Um, and Squirrel Flight, honey, yeah. baby, sweetie, pie, I love you so much and I think you are so worthy of respect, so I do demand that you make him grovel a little. Please, just a little. Birchpaw's curled up just outside the cleft where Leafpool's den was. He was young, but he had fought bravely. Rainwhisker is also there, and he greets Brambleclaw and asks if everything's okay. Brambleclaw says it will be. And good news, Rainwhisker's leg was just dislocated, not oh, broken. Oh, that's still, so like, Leafpool not very, that back like, it's not super pleasant to pop that back into place. It's, no, but it's a much quicker recovery. Uh, did you ever read Maximum Ride? Oh, you know it, girl. You know that scene where the one kid gets her, like, sh- shoulder dislocated? That, like, traumatized me. Yeah. I yeah, can't remember, no, I, like, I do any remember details that about Maximum Ride besides the fact that that... The, I do. The Well, I know it was, like, so confusing. <laughs> and I just remember, like, the youngest sister got her shoulder dislocated and I was like... Oh, no, it wasn't. It was, um... Was it Max? Or maybe... Max has a flashback to when her shoulder dislocated. That's what I remember. But maybe the little the little sister had her shoulder dislocated. Or almost dislocated. I just remember someone got their shoulder popped back in and it made me want to throw up. Um, anyway, I'm really glad you're good, man. Yeah. Brightheart emerges from the den and tells Brambleclaw she's taking Marigold to Brackenfur. Uh, Leafpool arrives with Firestar. She looks at him over. She looks over him and gives his shoulder wound a lick. It's the only serious wound. Oh, oh! She looks over Brambleclaw, um, and she tells him that she wants to take a look at it every day. She goes to get some marigold for him. Everybody is just marigold, making it rain. Marigold. Leafpool pauses briefly, staring into what used to be Cinderpelt's den. Then she took a deep breath and went in. Will she be all right? Brambleclaw asks Firestar. There's no medicine cat looking after her. Firestar will tell Squirrel Flight to keep an eye on her. Leafpool comes back and says they're down to the last of the marigold. Someone will have to fetch some in the morning. Firestar promises to see to it. Or maybe Brambleclaw could organize that. Find a cat who isn't badly hurt? Brambleclaw dips his head. He will. Oh, responsibility? Oh, what I crave? I love, I love, I love being told what to do. And doing it well. <laughs> when Brambleclaw leaves Leafpool, Stormfur is beckoning to him. He says they're done for the night. 
They cleared out the worst of it and put down fresh moss. It'll be cramped, but everyone can rest. He and Brooke are still fresh. They'll keep watch. Thanks, Brambleclaw says, and he feels his legs start to give at the thought of resting. Spiderleg and Ashfur are already asleep. Ferncloud and Dustpelt were drowsily sharing tongues. Brambleclaw sinks into the moss, and a heartbeat later, he swept to sleep. I hope you're not going where you think you're going. Well, we're gonna check in on our gal next next week. Good. See what uh see what Leafpool's thinking. I miss scroll. See how she's uh, dealing. Um, because it was much like her dad's POV. <laughs> um, but also I'm glad we're getting Leafpool's POV because I honestly think it would have been like um. We did get Squirrel Flight last book. I know that, but we did. And but I can never have enough. Yeah, of her. I, I just love. I just like. I just. <laughs> I just like that her POV her. is often like. Tears are things that are happening. Oh yeah, I should talk about how I'm feeling. Whatever. Um, and then Lee Pool's like, <laughs> here's what I'm feeling. Also, this stuff is happening too. Um, and Bravo Call, I think it's a mix of that. And I, but I do think having this emotional fallout with Lee Pool, it is important that we get her POV, but also we need to know what's actually happening yes. in the clan and other clans. So it's good that we get Bravo Claw, especially since he's been going to the Daddy Dark place, and also the Fun Guy Forest. Yeah. Not that. The Fun Guy Forest of Not Fun Guys. That's the full name! That's the name! Uh-huh. Yes, okay. Um. But, yeah. So, I... I'm very interested to see where this book goes. Because we've set up some... Yeah. We've set up a lot. <laughs> Guys, we have a lot to resolve. Yeah. Maybe we won't resolve it all. And that's fine. But... Golly gee. Because we've got a bajillion uh, a bajillion books left. Yeah. So. so I'm just, huh. I'm like wondering, is Hawk Frost going to stick around past this series end? I'm sure he will, because I don't think he's a problem that could be solved in a book. Um, and <laughs> I'm excited to see a little bit more of Mothwing, which we're going to get because we're a leaf ball. Um, oh yeah. My, well, I you know what, guys, I'm so foolish. Tawny Pelt is also my other favorite character that's still alive. Yeah, boy. Um, I guess I have to pick a Thunder Clan cat. That's my favorite. Is the problem I'm running into oh, right now. Oh, okay. Which yeah, you probably have to. I have Squirrel Flight and I have Sandstorm. Yeah, they're there. Um, I love my girl Leaf Paw too. I won't or Leaf Pool. What's my hair? Um, anyway, folks, if you want to help out the podcast, nope, I skipped some. Folks, if you want to keep in touch with us, keep in touch with us. Um, if you want to tell me what your favorite living thunderclad cat cat character is, as of the new prophecy, yeah. Um, if you want to tell me who your favorite thunderclad cat <laughs> is that's active and alive in the books that we've read so far, <laughs> um. <laughs> You can tell us on Instagram or Twitter at WCWIT uh, cast, or if you want to email us your favorite character, WCWITcast at gmail.com is how you do that. Or if you want to donate a cat fact. And if you do accidentally donate a cat fact that uh, we've already covered, don't worry about it. I appreciate it either way. Thank you so much, our anonymous guy who gave us this cat fact. You're a rock star, dude. Um, and uh, if... 
you want to help out the podcast, best way you can do that is to share this episode with a friend. Be like, hey, the bisexual energy of this episode is just rampant for some reason. Like, I don't know why. Um, it's just like, maybe it's because we're back in the Bramble Club POV and he just cannot <laughs> control himself when Stormfur is there. Um, even though he's like actively resolving his weird like, not relationship, but, like, now it's kind of a relationship again with, uh, Squirrel Flight. Um, a lot of, like, relationship... Ooh, like, a lot of, like, fun stuff, but also, like, maybe not enough resolution as we wanted. It happens. If you want to have a complex emotional, um, I guess not conversation, because nobody talks about it, uh, but a I guess, internal monologue. This is the episode to do it. Yeah. Because I'm Ember Hart. And I'm Take the Tongue. <laughs> and this has been Warrior Cats. What is that? Thank you.